Get fast access to breaking news by signing up now to Black Press Media's free newsletters and stay informed with all the latest news delivered directly to your inbox. You'll have access on any device so you never have to miss out again on the information you need to know. This is the Mojon Sports Podcast. A deeper dive into the great personalities we know and love. Now, here's your host, Bob the Moj Marjanovich. Welcome to Mojonsports.com, the bio series, episode 37. We are going to talk to Maple Ridge's Tyler O'Neill, currently a member of the St. Louis Cardinals of the National League, an outstanding baseball player, two-time gold glove winner, who has had an incredible journey, as we mentioned, from Maple Ridge all the way to the baseball hotbed of St. Louis. Tyler O'Neill, the bio, next. You're listening to the Moj on Sports Podcast. Every athlete is looking for a competitive edge, and you can find one at StokoDesign.com. The K1 Embrace System wraps your legs with over 90 feet of high-strength support cables that are directly integrated into an ultra-comfortable compression tight. The cabling is positioned to naturally move with you, supporting your knee when you need it most. You can customize your level of support with two control dials in the waistband. This is the future of knee support. Stokodesign.com. Got to tell you about my friends at the Clayton Public House. Talk about a great room. Just huge, spacious, plenty of light. The food is unbelievable. And by the way, did I mention they just rented their patio? Check it all out. The Clayton Public House, 5640 188th Street in Surrey. This is the Mojon Sports Podcast. Time now for our feature bio. Here's Bob the Moj Marjanovich. Welcome to episode 37, Mojonsports.com, the bio. Our guest for this episode is a man who has lived the impossible dream growing up in Maple Ridge and becoming a Major League Baseball star with the St. Louis Cardinals. He is Tyler O'Neill. Tyler, welcome. Hey, thanks, Moj. Thanks for having me on today. Nice to have you on board. Um, do you ever kind of have to pinch yourself that here's a kid from Canada, Maple Ridge, playing in the big leagues with one of the most storied franchises in the St. Louis Cardinals? Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um, you know, look, just looking back on it, you know, these, these off-season times, I'm able to reflect a little bit on what goes on, actually, when we get down there. Um, but, you know, I'm very grateful just being in a position to play again, just like you said there, for such a prestigious organization. Uh, it's, you know, there's such a rich baseball history in St. Louis, uh, and I'm, I'm enjoying every day of it. You know, it's interesting because I think when you ask most Canadians about the marquee teams in baseball, those great franchises, people will talk about the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Cubs, maybe even the Dodgers. But, you know, when you talk about baseball towns, I mean, you look at any list and usually St. Louis is in the top three. Talk about that experience and what it's like playing in that market. Yeah, I mean, St. Louis is—it's uh, a great baseball town. Uh, those fans—they live and—they live and die by sports, uh, especially the Cardinals. Um, you know, it'll, it'll be a Tuesday day game against against Cincinnati, and we'll be selling out 44, 45,000 people in the stands. So, um, you know, it's definitely—it's easy to get up for. It's easy to, to get fired up for those for those people out there, and then you know, want to win for them. And you know, great atmosphere over in Bush Stadium. I uh, really, really enjoy playing in St. Louis. Is it kind of weird in a sense? And I remember Ryan Dempster kind of talking about this. You come from, say, a market like Vancouver where, you know, baseball, I hate to say it, it's not an afterthought, but it's not at the top of the, the totem pole, so to speak. And yet, then you go to St. Louis or Chicago or Boston, and that's all people talk about. Like, I mean, it's almost like you've gone and died to heaven, I imagine. 
Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. Um, I actually debuted in, in Wrigley in Chicago. So, uh, again, it's very uh, baseball-rich history. Uh, you know, there's a lot. Of, they've been playing for over a century over there, you know, uh, so many great teams in the past. Uh, so, you know, debuting at Wrigley was very special for me. Uh, you know, I love the city of Chicago. It's rising very much with like Vancouver, um, especially in the summertime. Um, but, you know, I had the, had the opportunity to play in Boston as well again this year. And that was that was very fun. Uh, you know, obviously I played left field last year. So I was playing in front of the Green Monster. So uh, it's definitely a different dynamic out there. Something that I don't see in any other ballpark, of course. I mean, there's only one Green Monster um, but you know, I, I really enjoy going to Chicago every year. Um, and you know, just with, uh, you know, the way teams are going to be playing each other coming up in the next few years with, uh, the new stuff that's happened with the CBA and, um, teams playing each other, you know, we're going to play every team once a year. So hopefully make more trips to Boston, New York and Toronto and such. April 19th, 2018, you mentioned it. Remember the pitcher? I mean, you got to remember who the pitcher was. Apparently you struck out swinging according to, to baseball. Oh, yeah. Off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, uh, I was facing John Lester. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously everyone knows who John Lester is. And I threw me three or four curveballs all in the dirt. And I was trying to obviously put them put over the fence. So it didn't work out in my favor. And that was a good lesson learned for me. How nervous were you that? Were you nervous? I mean, what was your, your emotions when you showed up at Wrigley Field as a member of the Cardinals? Yeah, it was, it was definitely pretty crazy. Um, you know, when I, when I first got called up, uh, Stubby, Stubby Clapp was my manager, a Baseball Canada guy uh, in AAA at the time with Memphis. And, uh, you know, he told me I was going up the next day. I had a 2.30, uh, 230 shuttle to, to the airport in the morning. It's like a 4.30, 5 o'clock flight. And, uh, you know, I was, I was ready to go. So, um, thankfully, it was a direct flight to Chicago. You know, going up and down to the minor leagues, it's not always those direct flights. Um, but, you know, we got up there and uh, we actually got snowed out the first day. So on the a day before I debuted, we got snowed out and, um, um, you know, I was able to get that out bad the next day. So it's not too bad. You know, looking back, we talk about Maple Ridge, um, your youth there growing up, was it always about baseball or did you play other sports growing up? I was a hockey guy growing up, uh, you know, I was taking skating lessons at four years old. Uh, you know, I was really just... Hockey, I was, was through and through, really. A little bit of soccer, um, keep the cardio going, of course. I didn't pick up baseball until I was about 10 um, and picked up a bat and wanted to give it a try. Uh, I played a little bit of lacrosse in the summertime, but, you know, I just had a had a better knack for ball and a bit more passion there. So, you know, I was able to follow through with it and um, just had just had a skill for, for hitting the ball. Um, and, you know, I played all over the place, played catcher, outfield, infield, um, didn't actually play the outfield seriously until I did get drafted, but, um, you know, it was, uh, it was a shorter road for me, you know, picking up a, picking up a glove later, uh, I guess in my later in elementary school and starting again in high school. Um, but you know, I wouldn't change it for the world. Athletics, a big part of your family. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, my, my mom is very fit generally. And, uh, of course my dad is, was a Mr. Canada back in, back in 75. So he competed in bodybuilding, um, you know, he's all teased up, you know, 250, 5%. Um, you know, I got a couple pics of him I've seen in the past. And, uh, you know, both, both my parents are great role models for me and, uh, you know, a big piece of why I'm where I'm at today.
So, you know, you're, you're growing up in Maple Ridge. Did you idolize anybody in hockey? Because you mentioned that was, you know, you're a hockey guy growing up. Big fan of the West Coast Express, of course, you know, getting uh, Bertuzzi, Naslin, and, and Morris in there. So it's fun watching those guys for a good few years. Um, and, you know, the Canucks are very good for a little while, too. So, you know, I'm still obviously a Canucks fan. You know, those, those are my hometown guys. Uh, rooting those guys on and um but yeah that, that west coast express is something to look up to for sure when do you find out or when do you realize that baseball is your passion yeah i mean it, it was more when i first started playing you know it was just more of a sport to play in the summer um you know it was obviously hockey season was over in the winter time and you know wanted to do something to stay active besides running around and doing other stuff so picked up a bat and um again you know had a knack for it and was able to was able to hit the ball pretty good. So I just kept going there. Um, you know, I, I really started to realize uh, a lot of power gains, you know, didn't start my weightlifting too much until I got into uh, high school, grade eight, grade nine kind of time frame there. And I uh, was really noticing the results of that. And it just kind of skyrocketed from there. When do you realize you have a future in the game? Yeah, I would say, you know, I would say I, I realized I had a shot probably in grade nine. Uh, I was playing in the JPBL at the time or grade 10, somewhere in there, uh, you know, we started to go on some scouting trips down to Arizona, um, you know, obviously working really hard in the gym and uh, doing some sprint work and stuff, of course, um, you know, at the time, I didn't know really what I was doing. Uh, of course, I had a great role model with my with my dad and, and my mom as well. But my dad, you know, really, really showed me the way in the weight room and, uh, you know, how I can uh, how I can isolate and get bigger and uh, do different things like that. And, you know, I was able to translate that onto the baseball field. And, I noticed a lot more pop on my bat. Um, and, you know, that was my calling card kind of in high school, just being able to hit the ball really far, hit it over the fence, and, you know, it just took off from there. There's not a bad baseball player from Maple Ridge. I can't remember his name. What was it? Harry, Larry, Larry Walker, that's it. Um, did you ever kind of, like, look at a guy like Larry Walker and say, you know, if he's done it, I can do it? 100%, yeah. And, you know, that that had to be my mentality as, as a young, young kid growing up. Um, you know, all these other – Pro athletes have had success in their various regards. And obviously, you know, you got to figure out what's going to make you successful. But, you know, if, if one guy can do it, why can't you do it? And then why can't you do it better than that? So um, there's always records to be broken. And there's always, uh, you know, performance that you can, that that's on the table and you can go get. So uh, it just depends on, you know, how bad you want it. And obviously you got to know which way to, which way to achieve that path there. And, um, you know, I, I found mine. At the end of high school, you get an offer from Oregon State to go play baseball there. Instead, you're drafted by the Mariners in the third round and elect to go to the minor leagues. Was there ever any hesitation in terms of, you know, playing pro or perhaps going to NCAA? No, I don't think so. Um, you know, I just wanted to play ball growing up. Um, you know, obviously, Oregon State was a very prestigious college. Um, you know, they were winning the College World Series couple couple college world series last decade um which runs in right in line when i would have been there um but you know obviously they did a good job without me so good on them um but you know that that was a great great college you know i went down there for a visit just to check it out you know pristine baseball field um you know just really just really like top of the line facilities weight room track training everything it was a very good setup for those guys so you can see why they have so much success but you know for me at the time i, I figured out it wasn't it wasn't the right move for me uh, I, was, I was ready to play ball, you know, I was already, already traveling, traveling way too much in high school, especially grade 12, you know, grade 11, I was starting to be away a little bit, but the 12th grade there, I was, I was missing, little, you know, just my priorities were different at the time. And, um, you know, and, and that's where I wanted to be and that's okay. So, you know, I uh, got dropped in the third round by Seattle. I had a, had a workout with them. 
private workout with them and they wanted to put me in the outfield. Uh, I was catching all through high school. Um, out, in, out in Langley, I played a, played it for the Blaze at the PBL and that was a great experience over there. You know, Doug and Jamie, those guys are still doing it. And, um, you know, they run a very successful organization over there with guys coming out and getting drafted and going to school and stuff. So kudos to them. Um, but, you know, I, I wanted to want to get drafted and go play. So I took some money and, and went to play ball down south. Uh, it sent me straight to the Arizona Fall League. So, or not the Fall League, excuse me, the Summer League. Um, so, yeah, that's how the journey started. You know, when you come out of college, you pretty much almost, you, you get fast-tracked, right? High A, double A, triple A within a couple of years if you're a top prospect. But when you come out of high school, I mean, you've got to go through the entire ladder. And I'm just looking at it here. Clinton, Everett, Bakersfield, Peoria, Jackson, Tacoma and Memphis. I mean, you're almost like Crash Davis those three years. I mean, speaking of Crash Davis, I mean, what was life like in the minor leagues? Tell you what, Moj, I grinded it out. That's for sure. That was six years, five or six years, and it's going hard, you know, every day, playing ball, wake up, play the game, go to sleep, do it again, you know, travel, a lot of travel mixed in there, a lot of long bus trips, um, you know, obviously in the lower levels, up until AAA, then uh, teams are a lot further away from each other and you got to fly and deal with some connections and stuff. But, you know, it's all part of it and it's all fun. You know, I really enjoyed every second of it. But, you know, it was, it was definitely, it's definitely a long list of teams that I've played for. And, um, you know, I've learned, I've learned something every step of the way and I'm grateful for every step of the way. You know, it's all, it's all part of my journey. Um, and, you know, it was uh, definitely, it's definitely, it was definitely a grind down there, but it's all worth it at the end. You know, it's interesting. I remember talking to Brett Laurie about that. And I don't know why it just popped up into my head, but he said one of the biggest things you learn, one of the biggest adjustments you have to make as a pro is managing your time. Did you kind of find that to be the case as well? Yeah, I mean, time is everything, right? Time is of the essence. Um, you know, just, uh, it's not too much to do when you're in a couple of those cities for sure, but, you know, you make it work. Uh, just keep grinding, you know, just, just extra time, extra getting to the field earlier, staying later uh, after the games, you know, making sure the body's feeling good. Um, getting my extra swings in, get my defense work in. Um, you know, it's all worth it. It's all worth it in the end. July 23rd, 2017, you get traded from Seattle to St. Louis for Marco Gonzalez. What was your reaction like when you found out you'd been traded? Yeah, it was pretty crazy. Um, you know, I had, a, I had a very good year the year before in double A with Seattle. So, you know, obviously anything can happen at the trade deadline, though. We all know that about sports. Um, it was uh, definitely a shock to me. But uh, it was really the turning page of my career, of course. Uh, you know, just go to a new organization, understand, you know, getting a new look um, and just and just resetting, really. You know, Seattle gave, gave me a lot of opportunity. They gave me, uh, gave me a chance out of high school to go play minor league baseball. Uh, you know, I took that and ran with it. And that was great. Um, and, you know, obviously got up to AAA and then I was traded over to St. Louis. And again, you know, St. Louis gave me my first opportunity in the big leagues, uh, you know, the next year. First month of the next year, I was up, up in April, like we talked about earlier, and, you know, up and down a little bit next uh, couple of years from there. But, um, you know, I'm very grateful for, for every step of the way that, that I've had. Um, and, you know, obviously St. Louis gave me that opportunity, so it was great. It's about framing, I guess, isn't it? In, in the sense that, you know, some people will look at it and say, well, they gave up on you. The Mariners did. And other people look at it and say, you know what, the Cardinals really wanted you. And I guess that's probably one of the big keys is just to frame it in that positive manner, saying that there was an organization out there that really coveted you. And it's not like they gave up, you know, some shrapnel for you. I mean, Marco Gonzalez is a big leaguer. Yeah, no, he's a very good pitcher for sure. But, you know, um, I, the only way I think about it is the opportunity that I've been given. Uh, you know, and, you know, definitely, you know, 
I mean, getting traded, just really your world's going upside down. I mean, everyone goes through it for the most part, you know, unless you're a couple different guys, uh, you know, like Yachty Molina stays with the team, you know, the Cardinals for 20 plus years, Derek Jeter, you know, those kind of guys, they stay in the organization through and through, but, you know, for the most part, 90, 95% of the guys are going to be, they're going to be moved at some point and then it's turning the world upside down and uh, just learning to deal with it. And the best way to deal with that is just to stay positive and understand, you know, you know, I'm, I'm where, I'm where the people around me want me, you know, here, you know, I can do my, I can do my efforts here and have my, my pay my positive dividends here. Um, and, you know, and take off from here. So, um, you know, it was, it was definitely crazy at first that whole trade, but you know, again, I'm just, I'm countlessly grateful for going to St. Louis and started my baseball career there. Maple Ridge's Tyler O'Neill of the St. Louis Cardinals is our guest on MoJohnSports.com. More after these messages. Like what you hear? We'd love to have you on board with us as a partner. If you have a business that could benefit from partnering with us, please contact us at MoJohnSports.com. Whenever it comes to tires or meeting your automotive needs, I only send my friends to one place, OK Tire in Langley. OK Tire in Langley is more than just tires. It's about complete automotive care, and it's about being treated right by my good friends, the Delaney family. Delaney's OK Tire in Langley, 19863 Fraser Highway, or call them at 604-530-2545. From hidden local hotspots to outrageous wildlife rescues and trend-setting hotels, westcoasttraveler.com shares the latest travel news from your local community and beyond. Travel the spectacular west coast of the U.S. and Canada without leaving your armchair and start taking notes for your next adventure. Make your next vacation or staycation the best it can be. Visit westcoasttraveler.com. Redefine how you lead. Take the next step in your leadership journey with Ignite Management. Become a leader that positively impacts those around you. Create an environment where your team thrives. Be in control of your own development with a detailed analysis of your leadership style, complete with actionable insights and recommendations. Visit ignitemanagement.ca for more info. You're listening to the Moj on Sports Podcast. Tyler, first couple of years you come up to St. Louis, you kind of a little bit of a shuttle back and forth between AAA before you kind of establish yourself in 2020. But when you look at your your career and those first couple of years and, and walking into that Cardinal clubhouse with some of the guys like you mentioned, Molina and such, I mean, Wainwright, I guess, as well. I mean, who were some of the veterans that, you, you know, kind of took you under your wing? Oh, that's a good one there. Um, you know, it was definitely a different dynamic in, in the clubhouse when I first got called out to what it is now. Yeah, there's there's a lot of a lot of stuff in the big leagues, man. There's like you know the computer algorithms and everything. Once you get up, you know it's um, it's definitely it's definitely an adjustment. Just being able to understand um, all the information in front of you and, and how to utilize it for yourself. Um, and you know that different guys can help you out with that. Um, I kind of I got in there and I was making sure that I was doing it myself. Um, you know, looking at the video room, and that took a lot of trial and error for me to kind of get through what what helped me out a lot on the field. You know, I don't necessarily think there's one particular guy that, you know, would have helped me out, um, you know, just teaching me what to do. Actually, it's honestly jokes on me because I was up in the big leagues for like five days the first time I got called up and they sent me right back down. So I probably didn't have enough time to kind of build those relationships, unfortunately. But, you know, the, the older guys are going to take care of you. They're going to they're going to buy you dinner. Uh, we go on a road trip and stuff and, um, you know, take care of your clubhouse fees and stuff. And 
uh, you know, it's just that common understanding um, among the veteran guys taking care of the, the rookies like me back in the day there. And, um, you know, we made it work. 2020 you kind of established yourself. And the thing that's really amazing about that year is that you win a gold glove, even though you kind of struggled at the plate. And you often hear players talk about how tough it is when you're not going in one area of the game and how it impacts the other area of the game. How were you able to separate what was going on at the plate and produce so well on the field? Yeah, right. COVID year was very crazy. Um, you know, we got uh, we got shut down right in the middle of spring training and uh, we were locked out for like three or four months or so. And, you know, it was just a lot of dynamic that went into it. You know, a lot of restrictions in the clubhouse, the weight room, um, you know, tough, tough to get your work in. Um, but yeah, obviously, you know, not the numbers I'm looking for at the plate. Definitely not the hitter I am. And, you know, 60 games, 60 games sometimes or not even somewhere in there. But, you know. 2020 was the first year where they used uh, computer algorithms and analytics strictly for the gold glove selections. Um, you know, if I, I knew the kind of ability that I had and the fielder that I was where I could go out there and just really, just really let it eat every day. Uh, you know, I did my due diligence and making sure I'm doing my long tossing and, and throws to bases and stuff, just making sure my accuracy is there and my arm strength is there. Uh, I knew I had the quickness and the agility to go run balls down. I definitely did that. Um, and I was able to able to get that gold glove, you know, that, that means everything for me, you know, just from a confidence factor, obviously that was the first award of my career and, you know, gold gloves are very prestigious in their regard. And, um, you know, just that kind of, that really got me on the map. That got my name out there and really, really gave me a kick in the ass just to say, you know, you're here and you deserve to be here and, uh, gave me that confidence to, to be able to take it in 2021. Yeah, you know, the crazy thing about 2020, and as well as you know, I mean, it was 60 games. I mean, hell, you put together an eight-game hitting streak, and you go from batting 210 to maybe 320, right? So the numbers oh. are kind of like really, really um, different in a type of year like that when it's so short. 2021 is the breakout year. 34 homers, 80 RBI, 286 batting average, and another gold glove. What took you to the next level? You know, I just, I really, I figured it out myself, honestly. Um, I just understood, you know, I had a couple of years under my belt where I understood what the league was about, um, you know, how to, how to make the adjustments, how quickly to make the adjustments. Um, you know, I came into spring and I was hitting really good in spring too. And, you know, just feeling good, just through and through the whole year, you know, body felt good. I uh, really trusted my training regimen, um, played well in spring training, um, you know, got out, got out of the gates, pretty good clip in, uh, in April and May there. Um, and, you know, I was, just, I was just, I was trusting myself really. And, you know, that's what the game comes down to is trusting yourself and having that confidence to, to go out there and, and, you know, not be scared to fail really, you know, it's just for me, like just being able to let it eat when I'm up there, um, you know, oh, one count, two, oh, count, whatever, you know, just stay, staying in my pitch, staying disciplined in my zone. Uh, you know, I wasn't missing. I'll never forget a conversation I had one time with Brett Hall and he was, you know, obviously, you know, him from his days in St. Louis, this was the kind of the, the tail end of his career when he was in Detroit. Remember him getting in Vancouver and he was in a slump and just hearing him talk about how he was playing, it sounded like he was playing like D division, you know, in, in beer league. And I thought to myself, here's a guy who's close at that point to 700 goals, right? And that's the crazy thing. Everybody just think that as great of an athlete as you are to get to whatever level, they don't realize how fragile that confidence can be at times, can it? Yeah, right. I mean, it's a very intricate game once you get to professional levels, of course. You know, like for me, if I know a guy's blowing me up inside, I'm just not getting there today. I'm, 
you know, it's tough, you know, I, I'm, I don't want to be beat by fastballs. And, you know, some days, some days you just, your hands aren't as quick or you're just not moving the right way. Um, but, you know, you have to have to make the adjustment. You know, a good thing about baseball is you can make that adjustment. The next, next pitch obviously depends on your adaptability. But, man, you know, when you go up there and it feels like there's a hole in the middle of your barrel and you have no idea where this thing is, that's, that's not a good feeling. But, you know, then, then starts the process of figuring out what, what the problem is. Uh, you know, if I'm, if I'm lading my timing, you know, not picking it up the right way or from, you know, out front on spin or something, uh, you know, being able to identify that and then being able to fix it. But, yeah, I mean, confidence, it's, it's everything in, in this game for sure, in, in the baseball game. Um, you know, you gotta got to go up there and, and be able to trust yourself through and through. Not being a baseball guy growing up, well, I was until I was about 12 and I got cut from a team and that was the end of it. I was more of a football guy. But uh, when you get to when you get to baseball, I mean, the, the one thing that's amazing, though, you hear athletes talk about, baseball players talk about it all the time, is like sometimes the ball's coming in and it looks like, you know, the size of a freaking grapefruit or a beach ball or whatever. And then other times it's coming in and it looks like the size of a, like an aspirin or something, right? Do you ever kind of feel that way sometimes when you get into those grooves? Like, it just seems like, hey, I see this thing coming the whole way. And then other times you're kind of like up there kind of guessing. 100%. Yeah, you know, we all go through it. You know, we all go through it as ball players. You know, the greatest hitters alive. You know, they're going to go through stretches where they're not seeing it good and not hitting it good. You know, especially, you know, for a young guy like me, you know, I'm still trying to obviously figure it out. Um, you know, I've had some success before and, uh, you know, understand why I have that success. Uh, and just find those common denominators, you know, through the past and, and what I'm feeling in the present, of course. Uh, and, you know, that's going to change. You know, every year, really, you know, I'm coming to spring training, feeling a different way, obviously, you know, trusting the training regimen and whatnot, but, you know, it could change daily too, you know, just feeling, feeling a little better in, in May than we do in July, obviously, in the dog days, it gets a little tougher there. So um, just being able to make those adjustments, um, you know, as quick as possible is definitely key. You mentioned adjustments. When you do go through some adversity at the plate, how much of it is adjusting or how much of it is getting back to the foundation of what made you successful in the first place. Yeah. Right. I think most of it's mindset, honestly. Um, and, you know, as athletes, we always have to relate to what, what we did well in the past, you know, and then we, then we try to think about why we don't do well in the past. Well, obviously our opponents adjusting to us. So you gotta, you gotta figure it out on top of that. Um, you know, but let's say for me, if they're busting me in, you know, get, get the head out a couple of times, rip a couple of doubles in the corner, not going to be busting me in too much longer. You know, they're going to change in a way, slide in a way, maybe heaters up, something different, giving me a different look. Um, you know, it's just, it's just always being able to being able to play that game. Um, and, you know, obviously, it's, uh, it's a tough game. <laughs> you know, it's a tough <laughs> game. We're going to go through tough stretches. And, you know, the greatest hitters alive are hitting 300. And, you know, everyone says it enough. But, you know, hit, failing seven times out of 10 in baseball is pretty good. So, you know, you got to be able to come to term, terms with it eventually and, um, you know, tip your hat. Yeah, that, that is crazy once you start thinking about it, the fact that, you know, a 300 hitter is regarded as this great hitter. And like you said, you're failing seven times out of 10. And, you know, that there's that old expression, the difference between a 250 hitter and a 300 hitter is a base hit a week. Yeah, even a bloop single a week, honestly. Yeah. Just take, uh, you know, putting the ball in play or just uh, just getting those bleeder hits, man. They're so important, all of them. Hey, how tough was this past year? And I say that obviously because of the business aspect of the game with the arbitration issue also on field with the injuries that you went through. How tough was it and what did you learn about yourself? It was, uh, it was definitely a, a crazy up and down year for me. You know, it's, we're, uh, so, you know, beginning of the year, we were locked out, of course. Uh, thankfully, we, didn't, we only got delayed a couple games, but, uh, you know, the spring training was cut, 
cut basically in half. So it was a lot less time to get ready and, and prepare in that regard. But, you know, kind of went at it, didn't think too much of it. Um, you know, just play baseball, just like I usually do. You know, it's uh, just getting ready for the season, getting my mind right. You know, I want to obviously have high expectations and, and do well again, help the guys win, uh, you know, make a playoff push, looking like uh, looking like a good team uh, to win the Central. You know, uh, a month later into the season, you know, go, we have that arbitration case, and uh, it's very abnormal, of course, because usually arbitration is dealt with during uh, spring training, I think, or it might be right before spring training. But those, no, those negotiations happen, um, you know, prior to the season rather than during the season. So that was definitely, um, you know, I mean, it was my first experience in, in the arbitration case, and that was uh, the hand that I was dealt, and that was okay. Uh, and I don't know it any other way, honestly. But, um, you know, this year, I'm looking forward to, you know, all that stuff being done you know, before uh, the important games start and whatnot. But again, that was a hand I was dealt with last year. And, uh, you know, just ran into a couple couple roadblocks. Uh, you know, I just hurt my shoulder and then I hurt my hamstring a couple times. Uh, you know, I just felt like I was, I was I, I got off to a slow start. And I, then I found my, found my groove a little bit, hurt my shoulder. Then I kind of started to, sc uh, not scuffle, but like I was just kind of beating around the bush a little bit. And I started to get hot again and I hurt my hamstring, unfortunately. And so that put me to the shelf for another three weeks and, uh, you know, after that, I was hitting okay. It was hitting more like me again later in the season. Uh, you know, again, it's just uh, it's just one of those things where, where the stops and starts, they, they got me this year. You know, I wasn't able to stay in that rhythm. wasn't able to get in my groove in that regard. Um, so, you know, the only thing I can do as an athlete is just just draw it up as, um, you know, got to make the adjustments. You know, I got to figure out a better training regimens or not better training regimens necessarily, but adjust those just in terms of, you know, maybe maybe some – some less lifting and a little more cardio stuff, um, a lot more dy dynamic stuff, uh, you know, on top of the, the mobility uh, routines that I already do. You know, again, it just, just it's a common theme for me and, and, you know, I'm sure for all athletes, making those adjustments uh, to the opposition um, and, you know, just have a, have a clear vision coming into this year. When you're a young athlete and a single athlete, um, I've heard it from so many guys, you know, they, they come home and they replay the game in their head. Right. They, they think about, you know, what happened on the ice or perhaps for you in baseball, you might just replay that at bat or three or four at bats in a game when you come home. Yet they say when you get married, things kind of change because all of a sudden now you get a little bit of perspective. You're recently married. Did did you kind of find that help you mentally in terms of like, you know, kind of like trying to be a little bit more even keel and detaching yourself instead of just overanalyzing? Yeah, for sure. You know, I got a I got a great girl with me, uh, my wife, Stephanie. Uh, you know, she keeps my head on straight. Um, you know, it keeps me down to earth, of course. And, you know, I'm just an athlete. I'm all jacked up and, you know, obviously lifter and stuff. So, you know, I always got, I always got a little fuzz, fuzz on me, but, you know, she keeps my head on straight and, uh, keeps it tidy back home too. So, uh, you know, she's great. We, uh, we actually have our first baby on the way in January. So we're going, we're going through a lot of, uh, you know, positive family stuff right now. And I'm very excited. You know, life's good. Yeah, wait till you have the kid. Then then perspective on life is really going to change. Hey, before we let you go, I read this online. I don't know if it's true or not, but apparently, like, you're like a, a wicked piano player. I wouldn't say wicked. But I, can, <laughs> I can hit a couple keys for sure, but nothing crazy, no. No no great balls of fire by Jerry Lee Lewis? You can't stream that? No, I mean, well, my go-to song, my go-to song is Requiem for a Dream, so I, I make sure I keep that one on, uh, keep that one in my brain somewhere for... I need to take it out for a rainy day or something we'll see what else do you do to just like to you know stay loose and do things obviously i know you like to golf a lot you're you're ripping up swanee said quite a bit i have at swanee said a little bit 
but yeah, no, I mean, off season time for me, I fill my time up with, uh, you know, obviously I'm at the gym pretty much every day, uh, mobility routines and stuff that I do religiously. Um, and I, and I golf. Yeah. You know, I try to get out two or three times a week, you know, it's, it's tough in BC with this kind of weather this year. Um, but you know, I have a couple of good weather apps where I'm able to find some windows to sneak out there and, um, yeah, you know, I gotta, I gotta keep my game crispy before we get down to Florida. Well, I've got to tell you one thing too. Uh, you got to keep your game crisp before you have your baby because a lot of times when you talk to guys, you ask them, what's your cap? Well, I was a two before I had a kid. Now I'm, now I'm an eight, right? So sure. trust me, it's going to cut into your golf time when it's all said and done. Yeah, you know, I'll take that. Uh, I, I think I'll take that all day of the week there. Uh, it's it's going to be, uh, it's going to be, it's going to be a whirlwind, but, uh, you know, we're taking everything in stride and um, I, I can't wait. Well, Tyler, congratulations on that news. Congratulations on an outstanding journey from Maple Ridge all the way to one of the baseball hotbeds of America. And uh, we wish you continued success and thanks for doing this. Hey, thanks for the time, Moj. I really appreciate it today. Is it time to upgrade to a vehicle that's right for your needs today? Get all the options you need at todaysdrive.com. Brought to you by Black Press Media. We'll get you into the perfect vehicle without the struggle of hours spent trying to find what's right for you. We're here to help make your search quick and easy, connecting you with a huge inventory of new and used cars, trucks, and SUVs. Powered by Black Press Media. Visit todaysdrive.com.